You're listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I'm Pastor Josh. I would like to invite you to embark with me on a journey, a journey of biblical study. Through practical application of the Word of God, it is my prayer that you grow in greater relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Please join me as we journey to the next Stepping Stone of Faith. Hey, we're glad that you're here today. And this is, uh, I'm Randy Caswell, and this is Josh, and then our brother, Brody, uh, Brother Dave. And we're glad that you're here today on our Praise Live broadcast. And this is what we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be going through the Book of Romans. And this week, uh, we've been, we're going to be starting with Chapter 1. It's going to be a fantastic time. We're glad that you're along for the ride. So uh, get your Bibles out and, and study the Word with us. And hey, we're glad that you're here. Hey, Josh, can you tell me, how was your week this week? Well, my week was pretty good. Uh, we we had, uh, as normal for this time of year, we had sickness and stuff going around. But other than that, it was pretty good. We uh, had a good four-day weekend with the kids, and I got them started. For those of these, that are, you that are listening and watching, uh, I've, I've started to indoctrinate my children on the importance of Star Wars. Uh, so we saw Star Wars for the first time. My kids are five and si- or six and seven. And so we, we sat while we were getting over our illnesses. We sat and watched some Star Wars movies and just had a good family time together. So it was really good. Hey, Dave, how was you? Uh, how was your weekend? This is a President's Day weekend. Um, so when we're practicing, you know, this is the day after President's Day right now. So what did you do this weekend? Anything special? Anything fun? We went down to we went down to Mobile, Alabama and spent time with my granddaughter and my daughter and my daughter's mother and my granddaughter's grandmother and we had a good time it was uh 76 degrees when we left there on yesterday you know how the hurt a guy (laughs) we came back it's cold weather it's cold weather here now in memphis so you know we're paying for it but uh yeah we had a good thing i got a valentine's gift from my uh daughter uh my youngest daughter who is 10 years old uh hasn't been to church except for the last couple of years and she gave me a picture of a cross i guess with a sunset i don't know and i asked her why the cross for valentine's day and she told me she says because jesus died for our sins and he loved us because jesus loved us and died for our sins that was what she told me Amen. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So. That that had to be a great, great moment. Uh, <laughs> had to be a great moment. And yep. so, uh, well, Joshka, we had this last weekend. Yesterday, we went to visit my mother-in-law down in Indianapolis and, and my father-in-law and got to uh, also get together with some friends. So we had a really great weekend. But now uh, we get to go and we're studying the Word of God. So, Josh, I'm going to ask you if you can just take it away. Uh, bring us a little introduction to the Book of Romans of where we were last week and, and where we're going today. Sure. Yeah, we we last time that we were met together, we started discussing the book of Romans. We found out in in previous episodes and if you want to hear all the details, they are there for you in all the previous episodes. Go ahead and watch those. But we're going to specifically look at one of the things uh one of the first sections here Paul's uh, writings of chapter 1, verse 1 all the way down to verse 7. We'll be looking at that today. And going through that, and we had talked a little bit about that last week, and we had talked about the apostleship of Paul, uh, what uh, the importance of 
being an apostle was, how you become an apostle scripturally, uh, and all those things. If you want to see the, the, in the, in, de- in detailed, uh, conversation about that, that's in the previous episode, go ahead and watch that. We're not going to rehash the same show on this one. I just want to go through here and we're going to read this again. And I'm going to give you some thoughts and maybe, maybe give some background of last week's episode and give, give, give some new thoughts if, if I may. So, uh, turn with me. If you do turn with me to Romans chapter one, if you don't have a Bible, I'm going to go ahead and share the screen here so you can read that as I read it with you. This is going to be out of the NIV and, uh, we'll, we'll be able to see that together. Now says Paul, the servant of Christ, Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his early life was descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power. By his resurrection of the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to be to belong to Jesus Christ, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Now, some of these things we're going to look at here today that I just want to bring out was so important. Uh, if one of the things we talked about last week was Paul being a servant of Jesus Christ or a bond servant of Jesus Christ. And we talked about how the, the, the difference of that being, uh, not only a servant, but a bond servant by his own choice out of love for Jesus Christ, he became a servant for God in that, through that through that avenue of love for God. And, and it goes into the, the gospel of he promised beforehand through the prophets. We're talking about Jesus spoken of through the prophets. And if you go through any of like Ezekiel, we've, we've talked about Ezekiel quite a bit in this podcast, go through Ezekiel 36 and, and Isaiah 9, 6, and all of these other scriptures, uh, pro- prophecies of Jesus Christ in, in his son. Being being a de- descendant of David, okay, these kinds of things we've talked about in in the past episodes. These are the kinds of things that we 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 brought out in these things, and so we're going to continue on today. We're going to be looking probably more in depth of this, as well as going a little bit farther as far as we can go in the time we have allowed. How does that sound, fellas? That sounds pretty good to me. And let's start out. I know you read the the scripture there, and I had to go out and get a, a little microphone or headphone, a little bit better one that works for me. And so uh, let's start in verse number one. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Uh, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and his holy scriptures regarding his son as to a human nature and was a descendant of David. You know, the, the focus that I, I'd like to uh, to talk about just for a second there is the gospel of God. And if you look at this scripture, you're going to find out that when Paul in Romans, he is doing this apostleship by the authority that was given to him by Jesus Christ. And he was set apart. And probably a little bit later, we'll be talking about the the fact that God 
predestined him. God set a plan for him to be able to go and share this gospel with him. Um, and so in other words, it's by divine plan. It's not just because Paul decided he wanted to go to Rome. As a matter of fact, at this time, he had yet to be in Rome. But he's basically saying that this is God's will and this is God's plan for us uh, to take this gospel. And one of the things that I highlighted in my Bible is uh, the word says the gospel of God. Mm -hmm. And that's extremely important because of the fact that this is a move of God that God is doing. And the teachings comes from the Lord. And and it shows that the Lord wants to do a great work. And so um, um, with that, and then he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scripture. Like you, you mentioned earlier, Josh, that we go to Ezekiel chapter 36 a lot of times. And I, I really do think it's because... In Ezekiel chapter 36 is where God begins to realize that he says, I'm not going to wash you. I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to put a new heart in you and I'm going to put my spirit in you and I'm going to draw you to follow after you. When I see uh, Romans 1, I also see Ezekiel 36 where God is actually moving onto the church and he's doing his work for his purpose and for his glory and for his honor. And so when the prophets of the Old Testament, Paul is going to be bringing this out. Now, let me ask you a question, and, and maybe, guys, you have a thought on this. Uh, Paul is going to be addressing a problem that's going into the church. Uh, he was he had yet to be in Rome when he's writing this letter. And there was Hebrew Christians, but there was also Gentile Christians. And there was a rift that was taking place in this uh, church, and you're going to find out that he's wanting to unify them and draw them close in, in a unity that God has. But the thing is, is uh, one of them is very much uh, knows about the prophets and knows about that, and, and they're very much with the law. And I think when Paul uses the prophets here, that he's saying that this grace, this New Testament of grace, is greater than the New Testament of the law. And the prophets even would speak about it and talk about that. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Well, it's important, I think, to to remember that this, uh, as I was lo looking through through this and studying this, um, the the importance of the prophecy that we're talking about here of Jesus Christ, of the prophecy of the Gentiles. If you go all the way back uh, to Abraham, when Abraham said, when God told Abraham. All nations will be blessed because of your seed. We, I take that to mean, and this is partly my deduction of the the scripture and my understanding of scripture. Um, could be a little bit, uh, could be a little bit uh, uh, opinion, maybe, but just kind of my own deduction. Uh, when when God told Abraham through through your seed, all nations will be blessed. I believe God was kind of speaking a prophecy of not only Jesus's ministry, but also Paul's ministry to the Gentiles because of Jesus's um, ministry to to the to to the world. So, I mean, that's that's kind of my, and it's so important, I think, to remember the 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 prophecies because the prophecies uh, is what. Jesus used to show those that were the the prophets or not the prophets but the um, Pharisees and Sadducees and all those 
Jesus was using those prophecies to try to get them to understand he was the one. He was the way. He was the one that this, that God, that the prophets spoke of. And so when I look back at like, like Isaiah 9, 6 and, and Ezekiel 36 and Micah 5, 2 and all of these other things, we draw that back, I think, to, to that promise of a Messiah. And, and I believe that the beginning of that promise was given to Abraham when, Ab- when God told Abraham, through your seed, all nations will be blessed. Josh, I do agree with that, that, uh, that Jesus is the fulfillment of Genesis chapter 12 with Abraham, that through him, all the nations are going to be blessed and he's going to be the, bring the righteous kingdom of God on earth. And yeah, it's through him as savior and Lord. And that's why Paul was writing here in verse number two is the gospel he promised beforehand through the prophets and the Holy scripture regarding his son as the human nature descendant of David and through who the spirit of holiness was declared to be the power to be the son of God by the resurrection from the dead. That's all I'm telling you what that is an incredible sentence right there where that Jesus is a fulfillment of all the old Testament prophecies and that he's the son of God. And not only is he a son of God, but he is also a descendant of David and that he proved his sonship and he proved his authority by his resurrection from the grave. So Paul is going to be talking a lot about Jesus. He's going to be talking a lot about the, the grace that he brings to the church and the great grace that he brings to those our followers of Jesus Christ. Remember earlier, we were talking about how Paul was versed in the law. And, and I like to say as a doctorate degree in theology of the Old Testament, now Paul is going to be going to the, to, I would say the hope of Israel, the hope of, uh, the hope of the law and the fulfillment into the very end of the law. And he's going to be explaining that to the book. But, but when you come to Jesus Christ, um, the law is going to be fulfilled, but we're going to be coming into a brand new covenant of grace. And Jesus is the one that brings us grace. And, and so in the Bible, we have two Testament. One's an Old Testament, which is a covenant with Israel. And the New Testament is a covenant of, which is a covenant of law. Then a New Testament, which is a covenant of grace that comes through Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And it was proven. How was it proven? Well, one, because the Old Testament law, the prophets of the Old Testament spoke about Jesus. And and then the other was the resurrection from the grave. You know, when people ask us, do we have to take a leap of faith to believe in Jesus Christ? I don't believe so. I think we just have to take a step of faith because, look, we are so blessed because we have the prophets of the Old Testament. Like you were saying in the book of Micah, it says that, that uh, that the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. You know, we have that. We have the book of Psalms where the Messiah is going to be crucified. We have the book of Zechariah. We have we have so many of the prophets. They they painted a picture of Jesus. Um, how many of you, Dave? You said your daughter just drew you drew drew. I can't say drew painted. She painted you a picture, and it had a cross over there over this last weekend. And I saw it. It is pretty. And I thought, how cool is that? But uh, when you realize that the Bible and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Jewish Messiah and the Messiah of the world, um, God did not do that in a vacuum. Jesus just didn't come from heaven. He, uh, he told through the prophets that he was going to come and this is what he was going to look like. How many of you have ever did the paint by numbers? 
Okay. They're muted and they're under. <laughs> no, I'm not muted. <laughs> <laughs> they got their microphones muted. You did the paint by numbers. I remember that when I was a kid. I love paint by numbers. You always got to see the picture first. And if you put blue in this color, number two is blue. Number number 39 is this color or along that line. And if you just paint by numbers and stay within the lines, eventually you're going to create a picture. I look at the Old Testament prophets. They created the picture of what the Messiah is, who he is, what he's going to do, and even the grace that he's going to bring. But Jesus had to come and fill in and make the flesh of it and actually do it. And that's why I don't think it's a, a leap of faith to follow Jesus. God was so kind and so good to tell us what the Messiah is going to look like. And he's going to tell us what the Messiah is going to do. Well, you know, the guy, it talks about the gospel here. And like I said last week, the gospel is the good news. And, um, you know, it's the good news of God. Um, the Old Testament is all about, all about God's plan for redemption. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a promise. Anytime there's a prophecy, it's a promise from God that he's going to work something or he's going to do something. And, you know, when I, when I realized that, it kind of changed the way I saw prophecy because these are things that God has promised to us. He promised to us a son. I mean, the very first mention, I mean, I, I see, I won't go into it, but I see Jesus in the very first chapter of, of Genesis. I see him nine times there. But you go to you go to uh, Genesis three fourteen, and he talks about um, to the woman. He said, "I will greatly." Or now let's go back. Yeah, three fifteen, starting in three fifteen. He says, "And I will put." And he's talking to um, Satan or to the serpent. He said, "Let's start in 14. He says, "The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all, more than all the cattle." and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between, you and, and between your seed and her seed. He shall, he shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. This is the first prophecy of the coming of Jesus, the seed of a woman from Mary, not of a man, but of a woman. And we can go, you know, you can go a whole hour just on that alone. But uh, that's the first time he talks about that. You know, he's starting to reveal his plan of redemption here. He's starting to re reveal the gospel of God, which Paul, which he gave Paul. And all through the Old Testament, you see, this gospel, this good news, this plan, this, the good news of redemption, of us being cleansed of our sin is, you know, for some reason we always end up back in Ezekiel 36, but being cleansed of our sin, given a new heart and having the spirit put in us so that we will walk in obedience to the law. Jeremiah talks about it in, uh, Jeremiah, I think it's 31, uh, talks about um, he'll he'll write the laws he'll write his laws on our heart and uh, those 
um, that that's what he does. He writes the laws on our heart and we, it becomes our nature. We now have the God nature in us when we're born again of the spirit. That's what Jesus was telling Nicodemus about is we're going to be born again of the spirit. We're born into, we're, we're redeemed and brought back to the image of God that we were created in, which Adam fell from. And we were born in that fallen nature. And through Christ, we're redeemed back to that. That's uh, Jeremiah 31, um, 31, 31. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days. And, and I'm not I'm not a proponent of replacement theology, but we are also included. We've been grafted in to the house of Israel. I'm not saying that the church yes, is a replacement, yes. but we're grafted in. We've become part of that. And he says, and he says, I will put my law within them and on their heart. I will write it and I will be their God and they shall be my people. They will not teach again, each man, his neighbor and each man, his brother saying, know the Lord for they will know me from the least of them to the greatest of them declares the Lord for I will forgive their iniquity. And their sin, I will remember no more. And this is the new covenant. You know, if you remember when, when Jesus did the first, what we call the Lord's Supper, he says, this is the covenant. This is the new covenant, you know, of my blood that I give my blood for. And that he's telling us there's a new covenant here. But this is, that's the covenant that, that God promised through Jeremiah that we would have Christ in us, that we would have the spirit. You know, it's what Isaiah or Ezekiel prophesies in Ezekiel 36. And he carries that out. Jesus came and fulfilled that. That's the promise. And that's how. And this is, this well, is no small thing, is it? I mean, this was written hundreds of years before, and it shows uh, God's purpose and God's plan that he had. And that this, when Jesus Christ came, it's by divine plan. And the work that he's going to do is to, as we were talking earlier, you were just saying about to uh, redeem mankind back to God and to bring salvation. It's from the very beginning, this has been part of God's plan to redeem man and bring them to, to himself and bring salvation. Do you guys remember in 2012 when the Mayan prophecy the calendar that they had and they said that uh that that the end of the earth is going to happen because uh, about a thousand or fifteen hundred years ago the mayans had a calendar well in the year 2012 came and a lot of people were worried i wasn't worried it didn't bother me one bit and uh, because you know why they didn't have god and they don't have god and they don't have the creator of the universe that's teaching that and and so when 2012 came I wasn't worried because I know what the end of this book says. And I know that Jesus Christ is one that we need to have our focus on. And his coming is the most important part. So the Mayans who are, are not of the Lord and have no ways with God as in their religion, um, there's no way they know the end of times. And, and the thing is, the reason why I wanted to ask that question was if you heard about it, because people were putting a lot of stock into this stuff. And But the, what's the difference between the Mayan prophecy 
in the prophecies of the Bible. Well, can I can I interject something that I think is important here? That um, you're talking about the Mayan calendar and the Mayan prophecies and and all these things. We have to, we have to remember that what it says here in Romans. It says here in Romans, um, right at verse th- uh, verse starting well verse two. He says, "Which he promised beforehand through the prophets." In the Holy Scriptures concerning His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has been born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. That's very important to understand because you can have all of these Mayan calendars, prophecies. You can have all these prophecies of Buddha, Hinduism, prophecies, whatever the case. If you go back and you go to these other places where they say their leaders are buried, there's bones there. There's bones there. These prophecies that are spoken of in, in Zechariah, in, in Isaiah, in Genesis, and all these things, these would have just been empty promises and empty prophecies had Jesus wasn't resurrected. All of the promises of Scripture is based upon the power of the resurrection. If there was no power of the resurrection, we would be sitting here spinning our wheels. It's, in, it, it's within the resurrection that the promise of all that is in the Scripture comes to pass. It is not in, it, it's not only in the words of Scripture, but it's in the action of the resurrection, which no other re, re, religion has. No other religion in the world has a, has a resurrected Savior. Buddha is not resurrected. Muhammad is not resurrected. Any other false god is not resurrected, only Jesus Christ. And that is where we place our stand, is in Jesus Christ and his resurrection. That's where the promises make become real in our life today in 2020. So I want to add an amen to that and, and add a little bit too. You know, they have a, if you watch the History Channel or some of those TV shows, they, they have the prophecies of like a Notre, Notre Damas or Nostradamus. I, I can't. I don't recall the guy's name. Knows or something, and uh, or Edgar Casey and the different ones like that. Now they will have prophecies um, that they will talk about, and and maybe even some may come true, may some not. But I want to encourage our listeners to say, don't have anything to do with that. Don't pay attention to any of that. They're not coming from the witness of the Holy Spirit. They're not coming from the very Word of God. And, and the differences in between the prophets that we're speaking about in the Bibles, they're hearing by the Spirit of God. They're writing these things down as the Holy Spirit is giving them to them, and they're being fulfilled through Jesus Christ. And the accuracy of the Scripture of the Old Testament and also even the New Testament on prophecy was mandatory that it would be 100% accurate. And and so we live in a society today that looks to the prophets, but they look to any prophet in any way or any any type of person or any type of being. And, and Christians should not have any part of that because they do not have the spirit of God. They have the spirit of Antichrist is what I, I think that they would have. And that's why when we I know we're kind of a little bit farther out there with the, talking about the prophets, but these were holy prophets that wrote holy scripture regarding Jesus Christ, the son of God. And, and that's where it says that by the human nature, the descendant of David. And that was actually Jesus' mother was of the line of David, but Jesus' father, uh, Joseph, was of the house of David. And it's kind of interesting that when Joseph on the eighth day, even though uh, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
uh, Joseph was not his biological father. But when Joseph takes Jesus and he names him, according to the Old Testament teachings, he was clarifying that he was his son and he had the rights of a son. So when Joseph names Jesus, he takes him as his own. And therefore, he has a fulfillment of the line of David because see, Joseph was of the house of David's uh, lineage of the family that would uh, that would become the king. It's kind of interesting that both of them come from the house of David, but, but Joseph was one that had that authority. And Paul writes here that he was a, a, a by human nature a descendant of David, but through the spirit of holiness would declare it to be power to be the son of God by the resurrection of the dead. Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. And because he resurrects from the dead, we have eternal life. There is nobody like Jesus. And there is no work that comes like Jesus, that work of grace that we have. Dave, I see well, you got something you want to say. Well, that's what the, uh, that's what verse four talks about. He was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness. And that's the power of God that raised him. Uh, no other religion does do you see anybody that's been resurrected from the dead that and who is been resurrected and, and and given themselves to redeem i mean this is god this is god in the flesh came as a create came as the creation put on you know put on the flesh of his own creation and came and gave himself so that we could be redeemed so that we could be made right with God and could stand before him. And that's the power of God. Nowhere, no other religion do you see this. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah 45, uh, God says, I am the Lord and there is no other besides me. There is no God. And he, he talks about that, uh, all through Isaiah several times, he says, you know, that there is no other. And, uh, he, he says that he won't share his glory with any other so-called God or idol that is made by somebody's hand, you know, who made God, none of us, you know, but when we make an, when we make an idol and coat it with gold, you know, that's the creation of our own hands. And we're going to sit there and worship that. And then we're going to talk to it. But, you know, I mean, that's, and people say, well, you know, that's old ancient stuff, but you know, we're still building, we're still resurrecting our cars, vehicles, our jobs, buildings, our houses. You know, we build these big mansions now by our own hand. And that's what we identify with is how big our house is, how, how, how nice our car is, you know, by our jobs. These are our own creation. These are things that we did. And God says, I'm not going to share my glory with anybody. And everything that's done is done to glorify God. He raised Jesus from the dead to bring himself glory. He saves us. He pulls us out of the miry pit to bring himself glory. Everything that's done is to glorify God. And even my works. If they're not glorifying God, they're dead works. 
Yeah, because you're not being motivated by faith. You're being motivated by Dave, aren't you? Instead That's of right. by faith, by doing that. That's if exactly I'm not it. doing it by faith, I'm being motivated by my own self and my own self uh, work. And, and you know what? Some of those dead works could actually be good things. You could be doing things that are, uh, that are plenty, that are, are, what do you say, prosperous. You could be doing things that are actually uh, helpful. But if the motive is not by faith, it, it's, a, it's death. And so, uh, and so that's a very important part. That's right. And faith, faith comes from God. It's not something that comes from within us. God gives us this faith. Um, Um, you go down to the next verse we're talking about, we're talking about how we get these things by the spirit, how we get these things because of the promise of the resurrection. Next scripture says through him, we have received grace and apostleship for the obedience of faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are called by Jesus Christ through him, not through me, not through you, not through my status as a pastor or not through my status as whatever my title might be in the community. Do I get all of these, this grace and this apostleship and all these things? It's not by my own works, it's by the by the fundamental work of Jesus Christ to be obedient from the very beginning. Now, if you go back to uh, the book of Revelation in chapter 13, uh, 8 and 9, it says that Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. That's very important to, to remember that scripture because it wasn't just, oh, happenstance, God says, oh, my goodness, my plan screwed up. I've got to put something in place to fix it. That wasn't the case at all. God knew from the very beginning that if he created man, man would fall. And if he created man and gave them a free will, they would turn away from God. And therefore he had, he had Jesus d- decided at that point to be our sacrifice, even before God said, let there be light. And so if you want to talk about a love story, if you want to talk about uh, prophecy being fulfilled from the very beginning, that scripture right there tells you, and we get what we get from God, the grace, the obedience, and all these things. We get it from Jesus Christ, not from my own thing, not from my own ideas, my own my own prophecy thinking, or my own thoughts, or my own, you know, mustering up my own uh, in, in inclinations of my own thought pattern. It's through Jesus Christ and through him alone from the very beginning. And what I, what I love about that is is in that moment when Jesus decided to be our sacrifice, Jesus saw me, and he sees you, and those listening and those watching. He saw me at my very, very best, and he saw me and sees me at my very, very worst. Whether that worst has happened yet or not, he has seen my whole future. And yet he says, you're worth it. You're worth my life. And that, that is something that, if you want to talk about prophecies being fulfilled, Revelation 13, 8, and 9 was fulfilled in the Gospels. And it was made real by the resurrection. And that's how we get the obedience. That's how we get the grace. That's how we get, that's how we get the apostleship. That's how we get all of those things according to his name and what he's done not by according of what I've done and what I've been through that can that can license me to be 
greater than I am right now. It's only through Jesus Christ, and that's it. Only through Jesus Christ. And let me add one more thing onto there. Uh, if you come in verse number five, same place, what's it, right where you're at, right where you were at, but an obedience that comes from faith. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul is going to be going into the rest of this book. And he's going to be talking and admonishing the Roman church to walk by faith, by not by works, not by law, but faith leads us into the grace of God. Faith leads us into Jesus, faith uh, and following after him. So amen, Joshua, and everything that you are saying. And, and the fact that Paul is challenging and encouraging uh, the Roman people, the Roman church, to have a strong faith in Jesus Christ and who he is. As a matter of fact, if you look in verse number four, before we get to verse, go through verse number five, I want to notice what it speaks about. Paul says in verse number four, he, he has three names that he, that are three titles, three names that you want to say about Jesus. He said, uh, he said he's Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, mm-hmm. and when you look at that, the name Jesus actually means salvation and it means savior. So in one way, Jesus uh, is our Savior. Christ means anointed one and means with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that's Messiah. That would be in the Hebrew with the Messiah. So he's the Savior. He's the Messiah. And not only this is he Savior, but he's also Lord. And Lord is rulership and had admonish uh, the, the rulership of God in our lives and rulership of it. So so this is not only who Jesus is, but what when we grab him by faith, as, as he's taking hold of us, when we take hold of him and we begin to walk in faith, disobedience, what does it lead us into? Salvation, the anointing, and it also leads us into the lordship, the rulership of Jesus Christ, not just in Jesus' rulership uh, within himself, uh, within, under God, but the rulership of Jesus Christ in my life. And, and and where he rules and he reigns and he anoints me with his Holy Spirit and he brings salvation to my eternal life and salvation to me. And how does that come? Does it come by the law? Because see, a lot of these men thought that they had to be circumcised for them to have faith in Jesus Christ. No, it doesn't come by the law. It comes by faith. Faith in Jesus. Faith in who he is. Faith in the work that he did. And faith in the work that he wants to do in us. And I think it's a powerful thing. 